This is a dill pickle, a mighty pretty pickle, especially when he joins you at the show. We have lots of pretty pickles waiting for you at the refreshment center. They're plump, tender, mouth-watering. Wouldn't one taste good right now? Hello, welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, a podcast of the Dark Discussions News Network, www.darkdiscussions.com. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state, or let me rephrase, the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how are you? I'm here. And in the uh, Canadian province of Alberta? Sean, and hope everyone is having a good day or night or whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> and in the state of Wisconsin, in the U.S. of A? It's Amy. Hello. All right. Everybody's here. Uh, for folks who are new to us, uh, we're a podcast that uh, is basically the catch-all for the Dark Discussions News Network. So we do movies, screeners, interviews. We've done book reviews uh, and various other things. We do theme months and such. Uh, so uh, it kind of basically we talk about horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno thrills, mysteries, grindhouse, arthouse, midnight movies, foreign language films, and cult films and driving films and the like. We basically try to talk intelligently about the genre that deserves intelligence. You can email, email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or, or press the contact us on darkdiscussions.com uh, website on the menu and we will read your emails on the podcast. Um, so we have a pretty full house tonight. Uh, one other person uh, we were hoping to join us, uh, Johnny, but he, he is not joining us. Um, he, I thought he had committed, but uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, but it's all right. We got five folks here, and we, so we have five different personalities, five different views that can uh, talk about a new movie. Um, so I think uh, that's pretty much the house cleaning. And uh, there's only one other thing I would say is that today's February 15th, 2022, that we're recording this because sometimes these episodes are not released immediately after, but this one will be released, released pretty quick because the film that's coming or we're going to talk about is actually coming out on February 17th in two days from now. And uh, we got to screen and we're able to see it. And uh, with that, all right, uh, what is the topic we are going to discuss tonight? We are going to discuss the movie King Knight, and it is kind of a, a weird one. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting. It's a, kind of a comedy, uh, fantasy, kind of. I don't know. How would you describe it, Phil? Um, well, it's supposed to be called a horror comedy. It, it, it's what it's called, but yeah, it does have things like urban fantasy and mystical realism involved too, and, and just drama as well. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't put this in the horror category myself, even if it's put in that category. Um, I didn't find anything. I didn't horrible. see anything horrible horror about it. Yeah. All right. Well, either either way, let's let's stop for a second. Uh, we're gonna play the trailer right now, and then we will come back. We're so lucky to have found each other. Luck had nothing to do with it. To the great horned god. And our dear mother goddess. My name's Thorn, and I'm a witch. Can I get an antiseptic wet? 
You know how important it is to me to practice safe blood magic. This is my life partner, Willow. You've got five seconds to get off my lawn before I cut you up into communion wafers. I'm too shabby for a couple outcasts. And this is my coven. We're not having a big fire this year. Why? It just doesn't feel like belting without a big bonfire. Light a candle. What on earth are they doing? They're making a statement. This was the calm before the storm. Before my past finally caught up with me. Who are you? Prom king. Class president. Did you play the cross? Coven is built on a foundation of lies. Banish him. Banish him. Banish him. I'm going on a walkabout. You're too old for a walkabout. You have weak ankles. You forced me to face my past, and now I've got to deal with it. Hello, son. You told me your mother is dead. There's the broad. It's gotten into me lately. I'm here to help. Pearl. You're killing the moon. I'm a work in progress! Thornton Adams? What happened to you? I went searching for happiness. And I found it. All right, so we're back. Uh, a couple of background things about the film. The film is actually directed by a pretty prolific and, and uh, solid uh, genre film director uh, of some films that people may know that uh, follow horror and listen to this podcast. The director's name is Richard Bates Jr., uh, who's directed some pretty pretty cool films like Ascision and Trash Fire and Suburban Gothic, uh, among others. Uh, this is his newest film called King Knight. Uh, the film stars a handful of people, but uh, two two names that people may know. Uh, Angela Sarafian uh, plays the character of Willow, but is probably best known for her role in Westworld. And uh, Sean, uh, what is that character name on Westworld? She played Clementine. That's right. That's right. So uh, people who are, f- are familiar with Clementine on uh, Westworld will will know who she is. Uh, also, the film stars Matthew Gray Gubler, or Gubler, who uh, I don't know, but I know you folks have mentioned uh, offline that you know this person from, from something. Uh, what is it? What Criminal is he? Minds. He okay, was in that... every season of Criminal Minds. Gotcha. Uh, and it's he plays a character. Dun, dun show. What's that? The goes dun, dun. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. And uh, so the, uh, he plays the character of Thorn. Um okay. So that's pretty much it um, I got for information about the film. Uh, the film was also written by the director, Richard Bates Jr. Uh, so, uh, Barrett, uh, do we have an IMDb or a wiki for this? Let me check between the two which one I think I like better. We'll go with the Wikipedia one. Um, Thorn, Matthew. Wiki, Gray. wiki! Ah! <laughs> wiki, 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 wiki! Uh, Thorn. Matthew Gray Goobler, the leader of a coven of witches, must confront his own past, including his looming high school reunion and his estranged mother, played by Barbara Crampton, as Thorne rediscovers who he is, his coven must discover who they are without Thorne. 
His coven, yes, that's right. Um, all right, so uh, that 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 works for me. Um, so I guess we can go around and discuss uh, how we heard about the film and what we thought about it. I think we probably all only heard about it because of the the screener. So I assume we're more apt to just say that and and give our opinion. But uh, let's start with you, Kevin Lutz. Ah, uh, this was a weird one. It was fun. There are some parts that I have to confess made me feel uncomfortable watching it, but overall it was a fun movie. Um, but yeah, it was, there was psychedelic parts to it. There was, I, there were a couple of things that, that actually did make you uh, scratch your head and have to think about, you know, make you think a little bit, but I mean, it was definitely what I would call an equal opportunity offender because they mocked so many different types of of culture. Now, I would say cultures, but uh, people groups and things like that. And so um, it, it was a fun watch. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Sean Fox. I uh, heard it from the screener that you uh, provided us with, Phil, and I really enjoyed this movie. It was very queer, uh, like quirky and weird and fun and eclectic. And um, yeah, I just really enjoyed the, the viewing. It uh, was not what I was expecting, but it was, uh, I very much enjoyed. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, the same thing, the trailer um, I saw because we, we, we get a bunch of screeners and uh, I noticed that uh, Angela Serafian is, was one of the stars, so uh, that's why I suggested it uh, as a possible topic. Um, went in blind, uh, pretty much, uh, but knew it was probably kind of sort of a comedy. Um, I think Kevin uh, sums it up pretty good. Um, it's definitely um, a lot of uh, immature humor uh, that... Um, was kind of shocking uh it wouldn't be a, a, the type of humor i, I would have uh, you know you want to turn on uh with children around or even maybe older adults who would be offended by such a thing um but uh, it was uh fun interesting um strange quirky as, as as sean said uh definitely an eccentric film and um uh interesting too so uh yeah it was it was it was decent it was pretty good uh let's go with you amy i was very confused when i first started watching it i was like wait wait what what um the premise i think um one would say seemed to be very centered towards like a, a goth community goth slash um mystical i'm not really sure what the um word would be but i have a lot of friends who are in those communities and um i somewhat am but um i was just confused because i was like wait is this is this film like targeted at my people and um i guess i was i mean it, it was um uh yeah, it was just it was confusing when I first started watching it, but then I just kind of um, chilled with it and started to like it a lot. I um, had to watch it in two parts, um, but it was um, it had some things, like you said, that were um, I noticed that would be 
offensive to a lot of people, but at the same time, um, I thought they were kind of funny. Um, so it was kind of, it was a, it was a strange movie, but I liked it. Um, I don't think that I would like run out to buy it or anything, but it was kind of nice having, uh, something that was centered towards, um, your people and one's, one's people. So I think Kali Masiak would, would have liked it too, actually a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Uh, she's uh, a listener of, uh, some of the dark discussions, news network podcasts, as well as, uh, I believe doing our own podcast. Uh, so I would concur with that, Amy. Um, let's go with you, Barrett. I really like this film. I found it quite endearing. Um, it, it's kind of a self, uh, a finding oneself movie. Um, where the main characters, you know, realize that he's been living his life a certain way and what's, what's real to him and what's not. And it's, it's an interesting film. It's definitely quirky. It's got weird parts to it. Um, but I, I ultimately really enjoyed this film. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right. So that's pretty much our, our opinions of the film. It appears that everybody, uh, thought it was, uh, uh, a pretty decent film. Uh, if not spectacular, definitely uh, enjoyable. Uh, so I guess we can uh, start talking about the film. Uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, uh, basically what we do here on uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is that we do uh, a section at the beginning, um, which we're going to do right now, which is non-spoilers. So we won't talk spoilers. We'll probably talk just generic things. You know, if people wanted to talk about uh, directors, um films comparing it to his other films or or the, the two lead actors or Barbara Crampton who has a, a small role or if we want to talk about witches in general and covens and things that the the, the film um kind of sort of um discusses uh we'll do that uh and then later we'll throw up the spoiler alert uh not much later maybe 10 to 15 minutes from now and we'll talk about anything everything about the film uh because for folks who are new to the podcast again we what we do here is we critique and dissect not just review films and so we will go into details on topics uh specific uh plot points scenes maybe even spoilers and go into all that as well uh, so with all that stated, uh, we are now in the non-spoiler sections where we can talk about anything. And uh, I guess I'll start just to get it rolling. Uh, has anybody ever seen um, this director's other films? Because I know Excision, especially Excision, especially and Trash Fire, got a lot of press, and a lot of people love those films when they came out earlier, even if they are not um, big, big or well-known films. Uh, but horror fans. A lot of them have seen it. Uh, have, have either you seen those films, Excision or Trashfire? I have not, but now I'm going to have to go see them. <laughs> I've never heard of any of them. Okay, yeah. Excision. Okay, so no one is. I'm the only one that I've seen both of those films. I, I know uh, Eric from the Dark Discussions podcast loves Excision. Uh, it mm. is a great film. Um, and for me, um, I know that Jason Lloyd, uh, who used to do the horror failure podcast. Uh, he loved trash fire and he was the one that recommended that one to me. And I know Eric liked that film too. Uh, and oddly, neither of the films we did episodes on, on the main podcast, the dark discussions podcast. Uh, mm. but Eric most certainly would have suggested them, uh, had we, uh, 
uh, you know, if they were new films and they suddenly popped up. Uh, but yeah. When were they from around? Uh, well, uh, Excision's from 2012, so 10 years ago. And uh, Trash Fire was 2016, uh, so about, uh, what's that, six years ago. So, yeah. Thanks. Um, all right, so uh, since that topic to start went nowhere because no one else. I got a question. I have yeah. a question, actually. So I see it says Ray Wise was in there. When was he in there? I must have missed he him completely. Mer- he was Merlin. Oh, oh man, yeah. I totally didn't recognize him. Okay, that makes so much sense now. All right. <laughs> right, uh, and like Anna Lynn McCord, she is Karen, the voice of Karen, um, because she's not actually in the film, but uh, the director, uh, she actually starred in Excision uh, 10 years ago. Um, all right, so uh, what else do we want to talk about in general? Any any general stuff that anybody wanted to bring up? Well, I wanted to say, and I don't know if any, probably no one else has heard of this movie either, but the, to, when I was watching this one, it reminded me of a movie called The Adventures of Power that came out in 2008. And it was a movie about this guy who's like an air drummer. <laughs> and it was just, it, it seemed like it had a like, similar feel of like being quirky and eccentric and all over the place, but with a lot of heart. And that's, uh, so for me, it was, it, that's what I just kept thinking as I was watching this movie. And now I want to go back and watch The Adventures of Power. So, because <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. So. Okay. Interesting. All right. I've never heard of that film. Um, what else? Uh, anybody else want to bring up anything else generic? Um, well, Amy, let me ask you, because um, I was talking offline with uh, Kevin, um, and we were mentioning that that um, your familiarity, I think it was you, that we think that you had some familiarity with uh, um, Wiccas or Witchens or, or Witches or anything like that. Is, is that true? Yeah. Um, I... I know a couple of Wiccans and um, the general like community, um, but yeah, I um, I recognized um, a lot of the people in the coven. Like, um, not exactly, you know, like boom, I know those people exactly, but I know those people. <laughs> so um, it was, it was, yeah. Um, that part of it uh, made me laugh and made me feel very. Um, I, I don't know if the word's at home in the right way, but yeah, I guess at home. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, um, I like that um, the people in the coven, you could very much see the inclusivity of the group. Um, it had every kind of person in it, um, African-American lady, uh, gay couple, um not really sure what the deal was with the um, guy and the girl, the guy that was into, um, I think it was like houses or something. I'm not absolutely sure. Um, and then there was, let's see, there was the two girls. Um, the one girl I think might've been a trans person. I'm not positive about that. Um, but um yeah, I I thought that was a that was an interesting way to include it, especially how organic they made it feel. Just like you know, that was just normal. You know, like you you go out and you talk to your coven. The end. You know, like that's just how it is. And um, that was actually one of the things that I thought was the neatest about it was is that it took the world of um, 
people who are really into fantasy, like um, spiritual reality, and just made it very normal. Like it was kind of a um, just you know just how everyday um, life is. And but the thing is, is that I did have a problem through the whole movie understanding if it was humor or if it was straight because there's sometimes I wasn't sure if they were making fun of the characters in the community or, or that they were addressing, or if they were um, laughing along with the community that they were addressing. So, I think it could yeah. be both. I, guess, I think yeah. it was both. I, I think it was both too. I think that yeah. they were showing the craziness of all sides. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I was hoping yeah. it was that. Yeah. Well, because a lot of these people that they portray in the film, and I don't think I'm wrong to say this, were somewhat lost people. In other words, like the gay couple, were were they really gay? Or were they gay because it was hip? A lot of the people in the film kind of seemed like they were hipsters, but didn't fit in somewhere, and they just found this community, meaning this coven. So I think they were, um, you know, playing with these characters a little bit, you know, making fun of them, maybe not in a, a mean way, but in, you know, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you laugh, you laugh at them along with what they say, because um, you, they're, I mean, obviously they're exaggerated and a little hyperbolic yeah. that they're quote unquote being lost. Caricatures almost. Yeah. But, but, a lot of people um, that we see in this, you know, we, we see, we, I could see them in a coven like this where they would be that way. I mean, I, you can just go to any college campus mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's people or, or anybody that's, that's like, like this, you know, that are, are lost um, and don't want to conform, but they don't know what they're doing either when they are quote unquote, rebelling or whatever so i don't think they're yeah go on bear please i think it had a big message on community like the pitfalls and the good behind communities yeah Um, whatever that community may be that you're a part of any community you're part of is going to have a little bit of crazy a little bit of falseness and a little bit of honesty right i mean it's it's kind of playing on all that different types that you see in a group and some I think are also there the, for the right reasons, some aren't. Sorry, Sean, go ahead. Yeah, no, and I was just going to uh, add on in the idea of like finding yourself for yourself, but also finding yourself within a place in a community mm-hmm. is what it felt like or it was uh, somewhat addressing. So, because you know, how you have the ideas of, of these outcasts, and you know, everyone was an outcast in high school and not liked or not, you know, respected or anything. And now you think you found a place where you can be yourself i guess and then it's just kind of like is it are you really truly being yourself or you like you kind of uh, guys have alluded to is it like are you trying to fit a role and where do you delineate the yourself from the role if that makes any sense and from the community itself like you should have a part of yourself that is not part of the community as well yeah, that totally makes sense because and they they did kind of deal with it, but it was a little bit on the periphery to the side because the main conflict was um, 
the main, well, I guess he's the main character, um, the, the main male protagonist, um, dealing with his past that is coming back to bite him um, and how he deals with that. And um, Well, it's so, quite interesting, too, that he's an archetype, right? The, the archetype we would expect, but not in this movie because it's about quirkiness and weirdness. But how is he, I mean, in a way, though, he still is because he's he still has the kind of like the archetype of being the male, um, yeah. the positive male uh, protagonist. And I think they kind of realize that at the end, right? Yeah. In their minds. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I, and throughout the whole thing, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that um, it was it was interesting that you know that he was you know like going through the thing but he was dealing with stuff that a lot of um in the standard model of maleness uh wouldn't uh necessarily deal with i don't think at least i'm not a male but <laughs> <laughs> uh what yeah. do you guys think about that I think that's a fair point um, because again, they're not just talking about or, or making characterizations about um, lost people in general or young people in general or 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 any of these things. You know, like I mentioned, the homosexual couple are they really gay? You know, or are they just lost? And uh, and you know, and nowadays um, people. Um, can can i guess um do homosexual um relations and not be considered gay and again i'm i'm not i'm not saying that's true or not but but i've heard that at, at points nowadays that you know they're they just oh they were just experimented you know so whatever but um the the other point too is i think you're right it, it's talking about the the man and and the leader or the alpha or whatever and and it's trying to make commentary on on those things too and it's not man bashing i don't think um just as it's not homosexual bashing or people that are lost bashing or or people that are in a in a coven that think they're witches bashing i think it's just trying to put a mirror up and yeah, I didn't think it was bashing anybody. It it seemed to be very positive towards pretty much all of the different um, scenes going on because um, it was, um, I mean, like all of them were considered, you know, like their opinion was considered. They were definitely to the main couple. Um, they were all very, very valid um, groups of people. I, at least that seemed like it to me. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it was more like bashing like the constructs of stuff, the yeah. social constructs it's that self-made are self-made constructs, yeah. Yes. Self-made yeah, or and... even that are imposed by society where you have these yeah. expectations you're supposed to sit this be this way and act this way and do this way, you know, kind of thing and really saying that no, like you be yourself, whatever that happens to be, whatever that resonates or means to you, do that. Don't worry about all these other like in the minutiae or the all this other stuff that just gets in the way. 
because you're if you do yeah. that you're not living your journey or whatever right yeah definitely and i think if anything it was bashing normalcy it was yeah. um because it was the big joke that yeah. what is normalcy right <laughs> yeah exactly what is normal and the big joke was that he was so um kind of just coming to coming to ground with the the fact that you know there was a time when you were weren't like this and um that that's actually what made it actually you know when i realized that oh i don't think this is making fun this is like on the side of so i i don't know i think that it uh i yeah i think it was it was pretty interesting it was pretty cool i really like that the main relationship was healthy too like yeah. they they had a healthy relationship they talked things Very through healthy. And, you, you know, you see so often in movies where they just don't get along. And I like that they, they did. Yeah, they very much got along. And like most of the couples in the uh, coven seem to get along in, in their own um, in their own ways. The probably the biggest divide was the couple that should have been divided because uh, they weren't what they thought they were. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, now. It also shows uh, generation gaps and maybe even, um, uh, I guess, um, I don't want to say political, but I would say more, um, um, yeah, I guess generational. I'll just say generational um, because we do meet the, the mother and um, she, you know, there's two types of people that are always portrayed in film, the ones that will accept everything and anything and the ones that are angry. Um, when in reality, I think most people that would be a parent would be somewhere in between where they would be confused, but also understanding, if not understanding, at least accepting, uh, especially in 2022. Obviously there, there's going to be a lot of exceptions. There's going to be people that will say, you know, um, what's wrong with you? And there'll also be people that will say, do as you want, you know, even if it could be damaging to the person. Um, what did you think of the mother character? And was she a quote unquote caricature as well? Or was she, uh, was it a fair portrayal of someone that was either confused or just mean? But, and I'm thinking it, it could be, both because one scene where they show her as mean it's really just through the perspective of the lead character's mind what he interpreted it didn't actually show these flashback scenes where he's talking to his mother it just showed his mother yelling at him with all these weird insults that could have been simply his perspective and then, of course, they have the, the the scene where they're talking on the computer, and it's "quote unquote" live. So we we actually see the mother in action. What, what did you guys think? Anyone? A little bit of both. They gave more character to her at the end, so I was able to get out of the caricature and see what she's dealing with. So I got, I had a lot more empathy for her by the end of yeah. the movie. Yeah, and they they changed her character as as it went. Not really changed it. But they kind of showed more of more depth to it as the um, the main male protagonist was able to 
kind of deal with his growing up and deal with like, you know, oh, hey, I'm growing up now and I'm going to be a dad and I have to deal with myself being a dad and being in this position. Maybe I should look back and realize that it was a hard it's it's a hard road for my mom and um, maybe like have some sort of relationship with her. I mean, it, it seemed that way. Um, what about you, Kevin? What do you think? And, or Sean? Anyone? Uh, well, I was going to, I know this is what sort of deals with the character, but I was going to say I also like the, uh, the use of the tarot cards. Because usually in Hollywood okay. movies, the tarot cards are used like way, yeah. <laughs> not the way they are in, in, by users of tarot. And yeah. I like that they, they use them in a more uh, literal or more a realistic way. Yeah. A respectful way. So I thought that was cool because I get the usual Hollywood trope of, you know, they're always using like, oh, they're evil or they're like all kinds of other stuff that's like not usually associated with the people who are using the cards. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. I thought the the stuff that they showed, like Eric was talking about and uh, just the, the showing more of the mother so you can understand what was happening so that it put into context why the other stuff happened. So you could then have a better understanding and empathize with her position at the end as well. Yeah, why she was bitter. <laughs> I yeah, think a lot of her sense, anger right? with him was bitterness, not yeah. like hatred of what he decided to do with his life. Just that her life was harder. Yeah. yeah. And she didn't have him to help, selfish. which, yeah, it's kind of selfish in a way for her, but she's also being selfless at the same time. I yeah. mean, and to expect yeah. your your child to help with their grand grand person, you know, it's a big expectation, and not all children can do that. So, but and it also, I think that's I'm sure that that happens a, a, a lot of times with people who are put in those positions, right? Whether they're put in there by choice or otherwise, you know, you may get to have resentment, whether it's you know realistic or or um, yep. accurate. But it it's going to develop, right? Yep, so it exists. I thought I, 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 they put a human face to that stuff, which I thought was really good. Yeah. For, yeah. for a movie as quirky and, and all over the place as it was, it really did a good um, job of dealing with human nature yeah. and all its variants. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. I would too. Uh, Mr. Latch, you haven't spoken. Didn't want to interrupt. Um, I mean, there's, there's just a lot to cover in all of this because like when I was seeing this, I thought it was a mockery of, you know, uh, Wicca and, you know, witch covens and kind of the, that, that sort of, of mentality of some of the different mentalities that were going through there. Um, because I mean, it was obviously meant to be a comedy when, uh, you know, when the guy reveals about his past to his wife, and it's not what she was expecting, and she's she's almost like, i our relationship is a lie type of really uh, type of reaction, and it was supposed it was supposed to be funny, but I mean, I also understand, you know, the importance that community meant to to all of them. Um, and it was it, those tarot cards were interesting because I've seen tarot cards different types before, and I've never seen tarot cards look like that, you know. But uh, uh, that's about the extent of it. Before we get into spoilers, yeah, the tarot cards were unusual. 
they were um I, i've never seen a um uh deck like that because cool I, mean, I mean i mean i mean one thing is um before before i became a is, is you know probably all the listeners know i i am a christian but before i was a christian i i was getting into to Wicca at the time, so I kind of understood some of what was going on, mm-hmm. but that's why I was thinking this was kind of poking fun at the whole idea of Wicca and all that, especially when they, you know, they're starting to jump over a candle uh, for Beltane. But that was you know, for the on holiday. purpose. That was on purpose to give yeah. her a hard time because they couldn't. Oh, do I know it. that. I know that. But fire. I mean, just. I know, but I mean that. I mean that's my point, you know. And just everybody, like the 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 people, like the guy that I I, I knew a guy who was very committed to Wicca when I was in high school, and he fit none of the characteristics of anybody in the coven at all. Okay, he was definitely not not like anything like the rest of the people in this coven, and so. I don't know. So like I said, just to me, I just thought it was more of a mockery than, you know, taking it seriously. But the thing is, like I said, is that they, they poked fun at all sorts of people types. You know, later on, we see a Catholic um, doing something pretty mean. But maybe, and so they're poking fun at them, too, where they're poking fun at. I mean, the ultimate thing that they're poking fun at is people thinking that they should be they should be one way, but when when actuality they're not. It's one of those. Well, that's just not who you are, and that's not bad. I thought that it was making fun of, but it, I think it was making fun with a little bit. Um, kind of like. You can joke about something, but it's more fun when you joke kind of with the person, like where you're like, yeah, that's totally like my coven or that's totally like some people I've met sort of a thing. Um, I don't know. It, it seemed it seemed to me like. kind well, of. Well, I mean, I've seen movies that like to make I mean, as, like I said, as a Christian, I've seen people who will make fun of. Christians and movies, you know, and some of them are outright attacking Christians and all of them are, are just kind of having some fun poking, you know, poking, mm-hmm. poking fun a little bit at stereotypes. And, you know, I recognize a lot of the, st- I mean, I can recognize stereotypes that I mean, good grief. I poke fun stereotypes, mm-hmm. you know, because usually when you make fun of it, when you poke, when you try to do, when you do a stereotypical Christian, you got to have a Southern accent. Can I get an amen? You know, I mean, that's, you know, and the the, pro- the problem is, is that I know people who are, I've met people who are like that. And, you know, you get the people who are very self-righteous and then you get the people who are always putting themselves down to try to make themselves look humble. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, you know, in this case, it, it's Wicca's, you know, that you can say, OK, well, I, like Amy said, oh, I know someone like that or I know someone like that or I know someone like that. I don't know. I, I I don't think if they were poking fun, it doesn't. And I think we were, you mentioned it earlier, and I'll I'll just put in my my two cents. And I don't think they were poking fun in a mean way. It was just they're poking fun just to ha- have some fun. Yeah. yeah I don't think it was mean spirited. No, I think it was. No, just, I, I agree just, with you. 
these are just things that happen and these are things that people will tend to do when we kind of have a laugh about it. Oh yeah. Um, all right. So what else do we want to talk about uh, before spoilers or anything, anything else? Is there any other items? I was happy that Aubrey Plaza got to be involved with it. Yeah. I enjoy her work. So that was nice to have her in her role. So that was and, cool. Yeah. And it's cool to see Barbara Crampton and Ray Wise get their uh, opportunities as well. So that was, that was nice. So it was uh, fun to see that when you're realizing who's in the cast. Uh, the other person the um, with Aubrey Plaza, um, what was it? Was she like a potato? No, she was a rock. And she was a rock. Yeah. And what was and the a pine other cone. Was it a leaf? Pine cone. Pine cone. Pine cone. The pine cone was um, a famous singer. Um, like um. No, the pine cone okay. was Aubrey Plaza. Okay. Well, then she was the rock. Whoever was the rock. So the, the rock was yeah the other person. Yeah. I don't um, remember who the actress was. Alice Glass. Alice Glass is a uh, um is is a kind of semi-famous um uh, vocalist, and um so that was uh, um awesome that she was in it too. But um even just for like the little short time that um she was in it and got thrown away. <laughs> but yeah, I mean to just have like that like little little part of um his self-revelation is pretty cool yeah i mean that that scene with the rock and the pine cone was pretty funny <laughs> yeah i mean i it, it was almost like i mean it was almost like you know you get the old cartoons you have the devil on one shoulder and the yeah the angel on the yep. other i mean that was kind of what that was like they're kind of contradicting to each other and so he throws away the wrong one and the pine cone just yells out, well, F you, you know, things like that. <laughs> I, I've got to admit, that was, I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> Super funny. And they use it later on. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he takes the rock with him. And, and actually, I mean, if, if he goes through an experience like that, then, yeah, I would I would imagine he would want to take that because that rock kind of becomes a a reminder, a, um, you know, a reminder of the message that he's learned. And yeah. he kind of looks to for inspiration and know. defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, anything else uh, before spoilers? Anything? Anybody? No, I All right, let's just, ready. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's start out. We've been talking about forty minutes or so, uh, maybe a little longer. Um, so you know, if we're we're gonna uh, get into the movie um, and not go too long, uh, we might as well throw up the spoiler now. So uh, let's throw up the spoilers now. Um, now, uh, Amy, you brought up the tarots. Should we start with the tarots as with the spoiler, or do you want to talk about something else? First. Well, it was that? I'm sorry. I think it's it was arrows. Uh, the, the tarot, tarot cards. Oh, um. His, his accent got you there. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. I got a Boston <laughs> accent. Who doesn't know how to say tarot? I was like, is that an accent thing? Um, yeah. Um, the tarot was pretty interesting. It was. Um, I've never seen that particular um way of. Uh, I don't know exactly what you call it. Doing the arcanas. 
Um, so it was kind of it was kind of fun. It was kind of strange. Uh, but yeah, the I, I liked how they used them um, as like the introduction to the different um, scenes, like chapters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like a theme to the that particular the chapter of the movie. Yeah, well, I was mentioning that earlier. Says I've never seen a, a a deck that looked like that before. Yeah, because I've seen like a ton of different decks or designs and stuff, but like that was real. That was individual. And that was cool. So or unique. Yeah. So it's like really cool. And just like you were saying, like opening the chapters with it, and like in a really mm-hmm. novel way of doing it. So that was really cool. Makes me want to look at my tarot deck to see what's what it looks like. <laughs> it's not going to look like that, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I used to have a deck specifically. Was, yeah, I used to have a deck. It was the writer. It's the one that yeah. is very, very the, common. The main one, yeah. yeah. Like, and I have like, I mean, different I've, decks too. You know. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying. I've seen like Lord of the Rings, and I've seen. Like fair, uh, like based on fairies and all that. I was in a, a a shop in when I was in Ireland once, and they had a, you know, they had a couple of decks that were fairy themed. You know, I I'm thought, pretty- oh, okay, well that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I've like I've got like a dragon deck, your gothic deck, and I've got uh, like animal oracle and different animal ones. Um, so it's like it's it was like you can get all kinds of cool designs, and like I know someone has a Game of Thrones one which was kind of neat to see. So it's like, like, even if I don't really use them so much, it's like, I like the art. Yeah. You like- some really beautiful artwork or designs that are made for these different decks. So that's kind of cool. So I appreciate I have, that. In regard. I have one that's um, 80s, um, 80s rock stars. Oh, so nice. It's like, yeah. It's so great. It takes all like the awesome 80s rock stars, like um, Susie and the Banshees and um, various people and um uses them and then i also have another one that's done from uh vertigo's sandman from neil gaiman's sandman yeah oh um, really it's wow. so beautiful <laughs> i'm not surprised it's it's so beautiful um but yeah there's there's all different kinds of of decks and um but i, I have there you I go. Have <laughs> this one what was that no, barrett's showing a card there oh <laughs> Um, all right. So, uh, what, let's, let's explain the plot a little bit. Sean, why don't, let me give like a, a plot. I mean, obviously we had the, the wiki slash IMDB, but, um, what, so it what, kind what, of opened, yeah. So yeah, it kind of opens up with, uh, a couple and then you're kind of getting introduced to the coven and the different personalities of the coven and the interactions that they have with each other and how like the main couple are basically the head of or heads of the the coven and basically the interactions that they have with the other members and how they're they provide wisdom and support and advice and stuff to different problems that come up and it just kind of an explanation of each of the different personalities and the different like the other couples and just um kind of a just I guess just as I say just an introduction to that so you can get a your an idea of sort of what's happening and then uh, we get into a, the crisis point where the main character, uh, sorry, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he, Thorn. Thorn, yes, sorry, Thorn, uh, or Thornton. Well, he has um, a back story that does not coalesce with the rest of the group because 
in high school he was like the cool guy he was the vice uh, the president the, the president and he was like king of the prom and like when this information gets out the coven doesn't respond well to it including his wife um because they had a different idea of who he was and from all of their different uh, backgrounds that brought them to the coven so finding out that this person is basically the antithesis of what you would have wanted or dealt with in high school uh didn't go well with them and then he's basically they have a vote and basically kick him out of the coven and then he has to go on his walkabout journey to kind of find himself and see where he fits in you know if he can get back to the coven or not or like what he has to do and in the meantime he's got the whole there's this whole thing about he has to go to his uh, 20th uh high school re uh, reunion and he has to dance which is something that he abhors and so there's the whole thing of him having to figure out what he's going to do with that as well and yeah so i'll let anybody else explain because i've talked way too long <laughs> well i mean the the thing the, the thing that um you were talking about the, the the reaction when when people find out about his past um i mean the first thing is that he's getting emails from i think like the vice president the, the class vice president saying hey you know are you gonna come to this reunion you got to do because we know he doesn't dance because when people are doing their their beltane dance he's still st sitting out standing outside the circle like i'm not participating but the funny part is is that his wife when she finds out that he was popular he played sports uh actually that whole thing was funny she says did you play sports <laughs> yeah i played lacrosse no! <laughs> i i mean that was i mean that was in the preview and that's what actually made me say okay yeah i'm gonna have fun watching this movie but the funny part is is that he expected the rest of the coven to react the same way as his, his his wife and when he was pretty much saying you know i was actually popular and you know and there and a couple of people in the coven were like well what's wrong with being popular well i was one of the smartest in the class well what's wrong with being smart you know and essentially what what got him into trouble with the rest of the coven wasn't that he was really hiding who he was it was the reason behind it because he was characterizing them he said you know i thought you expected me to not really be a particularly brilliant unpopular guy who likes sports and they're all like you're you're just you just characterized us as a bunch of losers who can't play sports you know yeah. stupid yeah. losers who can't play sports is that really what you think of us and that's what got him banished and that i thought was a definite that was probably the most serious part of the whole movie for me but also i think it was one of the most uh thought provoking in the whole thing i mean it was still funny but i mean it was uh one of the more thought provoking you know, of 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 the film where you know he thought he had to be one way because he thought everybody else was that way when it turns out they're not yeah that was pretty interesting, and it was um, an interesting way of pointing out that 
people who are in like in the side groups, um, like different groups of life, that they're not necessarily there for the reasons that the main groups, like the popular groups, think of them. Like they they probably do think that it's because they're not good at sports or whatever, but um, they're there for their own reasons completely, and um, it's just insulting to the. Um, to them to uh that he thought that they were they were there for that reason so i thought that was interesting and it's funny because it's like he he made the assumptions that he was thinking they were making yeah yeah so it got totally turned around on him yeah yeah because i mean the only person who really reacted negatively to his past of being popular and all that the only one who reacted negatively was his wife and only I mean, for a short like, period, too, right? Like, the next day, she supported him. Yeah, so well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's just... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was, oh, I want to I ask you, Kevin, anyway. What, why would a guy like that land up in a coven? And I, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. I mean, as in, most of the people that were in this coven were, quote-unquote, lost people or, or weren't sure who they were. What made a guy that he he wasn't yeah go on well i mean to answer your question i mean when he was explaining it to his wife he was saying look i did all of this stuff but it didn't feel like it was me yeah you know i felt like i had to be the model student i felt like i had to be the model son i felt like i had to be the captain of the cross team i thought i had to be all you know all these sorts of things i mean he, he blamed his mother for the most part but i mean he said, you know, with all this, I felt like I had to be this way. But while inside, I really didn't, I didn't. Essentially, he was saying, you know, all my life I've been, I've been living a lie. So now that I'm out of it, I feel free to be what I more, what, what I more want to be. And I don't want my past to, to be who I am, you know, and I think it's, one of those the the thorn not the thornton thornton i mean his whole name was like thornton or whatever but the real thorn was always inside him winding it out and when he moved out and like went to college and all that he was allowed to be the type of person he wanted to be mm-hmm. well and that's so the thing it, isn't so, it like we all try to strive to be what we think our parents want at first and then the longer we're away from them the more we kind of find out who we are instead yeah that makes sense yeah i mean yeah there's definitely that aspect and he i think he succeeded very well in finding out who he was and like we were saying he has a really good relationship with his um i'm not sure if they were uh, married um i think they were married the way, but they kept calling each other partners. So well, when he when he introduced her to his mother, he called her his wife. Yeah. Oh. I think what I think the reason why he did it was is that that was the term that she would understand. Right. Yeah, you know, were yeah, where in their yeah. their whole thing they called each other you know life partner or whatever, and mm-hmm. but. In a way, his so I mean, if he went to his mother, who is who, who he thought was a lot more conservative, he, she would she wouldn't under, understand life partner because she probably would say, "Does that mean you're married or what?" That's why he just said, "She's my wife." Yeah, yeah. 
that makes sense. But it seemed like um, he managed to succeed. Kind of like he followed the general arc of um, of somebody's life. It just in a completely different way. Like um, he did the um, become somebody that, to be proud of and um, found the the girl, you know, and uh, they got together and have, were having their personal community and um then they're going to have a baby and like go through that so he was still going through all of the same changes in life they were just in a different community than his mom understood if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and i think that was kind of neat of the movie to show that to show that like look this this guy can just like go through these different um stages in life um but just in a different way in his own in his own way in his own thing what about the wife then? Let's talk about her and what was wrong with her. And, and, and when I say what was wrong, I don't I don't mean that derogatory. I mean, what made her dislike her husband's past? I mean, it it, that's, it seems kind of strange. And never mind. I don't know. What What do you guys think? I'm, I'm confused on that. I don't think well, we don't like the past necessarily. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, you know, we talked at the same time. I mean, in, in my opinion, what happened was, is that she probably saw someone like Thornton, you know, when he was Thornton, she's probably saw him as, cause I think she even said it once in the movie. She says, you were the type of guy that made fun of me when I was younger. You were the type of guy that mm-hmm. made my life miserable. And now I'm married to you know you you present yourself one way but turns out your past is the type of guy that that made my life miserable so i think that was her that was her problem you know the whole thing was you are not what i thought you were it was and a lie think, right yeah it, it was a lie well the thing is is that i i have a tough time coming out and saying it was a lie because he he never he never actually said one way or the other he never said oh yeah i was class president until it came out he never let i mean he never told her oh yeah i was a loser in 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 school or i was a i was an um, i'm sorry not loser but an unpopular guy in school and nobody understood me you know he presented himself that way but the thing is that he never actually told her you know a lie he never lied to her saying I think yeah. people see that as lying. It's it's by omission. <laughs> he did not tell her about his past, and so she considered that a lie. Yeah. Well, yeah, he led her to believe one thing, even though he never actually told her. Right. You know, he acts and he behaves and he, you know, in the way he is, he acts like someone who was, but when in reality he was not. And I think. So, I mean, that's why she probably, it was a lot, you know, he was lying when, you know, when the truth came out, I mean, she said, you know, did you do that? You know, were you this? Okay. Yeah. I was, I was a captain of the, I I was class president, voted most likely to succeed and all that. And she's flipping out and he's, but I mean, he's saying, and he was apologizing, but at the same time, he never told her in the past, well, look, this is who I was. 
you know, but this, but I mean, who I am now is who I am now. So, I mean, who he is now is not a lie because that is who, what we see is who he is. It's just, and he, he wanted to throw off his past. He said, you know, it's like, I forsake that past. I don't want to have anything to do with that past. And so I think he didn't want to admit to his wife because maybe he just didn't want to relive it. He didn't want to be that way anymore. And so he wanted to just forget about it. And because he was, you can tell he loved how his life was not like at, at this time. He loved being in the part of the covenant. He loved his wife. And he loved this life much better than the one he grew up in. Yeah. And Definitely. He, he just didn't want to. Yeah. And he didn't want it. He didn't want any of that to come back to him. Yeah, unfortunately, everything comes back. And what they lead us to believe, it might be an affair. And it turns out to be this hidden past, which is kind of interesting. And I'm glad they didn't go that affair route. Um, Me too, very much. Yeah, I like like the way it went. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't you can't question Thorne's commitment to his wife. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, they seem to be a very committed couple. And I thought that was nice that just like in so many movies that you see lately, it's like, you know, like the first thing it's like, oh, it's infidelity. It's like, oh, that he like, you know, but it's like, no, he just completely loves his wife. And this is this is the most shameful thing in his past, which is basically not very shameful at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was popular. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of funny because I remember, I mean, you would see movies where someone was trying to come across that I was popular and people in school liked me. And then something came up with like like a class reunion and he, he had to face the, the fact, the, the realization that he wasn't popular. He was not you know, the, the most well-liked in school or anything like that. And so it's kind of an ironic twist in, in this movie where he's acting like he wasn't popular when he actually was. Yeah, I can see that. Um, also, I think that there would be um, a lot of, mo- there could be movies where people would be like hiding that they um, were like the goth kid in school and, um, you know, that they were, they were the cool, um, I don't know, trendy quote unquote goth kid or whatever. And, um, but in this movie, it's just the opposite. It just, um, it goes for the, um, it goes for that, that world instead of, um, instead of the normal people world. Right. And it's funny because when he goes to the class reunion, the first person he meets you know, the guy that's that's giving him the wand, he says, yeah, he's like, you're not winding them. He says, yeah, but they don't look like Anton LaVey. But the thing <laughs> I love is, that. <laughs> that. That was funny. But, um, the funny part about the, the funny part about that was is that the guy was all dressed up. He says, you know, you don't that's not the way I remember you. And he says, all oh, this no, I'm only, only wearing this for tonight. So, I mean, he's the, the guy wanding him was kind of living a lie that night, too, if yeah. you think about it. Uh, even more of a lie because later on he yeah. uh he gets with the gay guy yeah 
Well, well, he said, you know, I wasn't I was, gay until now. Until now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. It was. I, I liked the part where um, he was alone and um, and really down, and then all of a sudden they show the the door smash open, and um, and the people from his coven come through, and then and then his wife comes through, and it's just like, Whoa! I, I thought that was pretty funny. And then he does a dance, and it really turns his wife on. Yeah. Because because all this time, all this time, she does not want all this time. She she really doesn't want to have a kid with them. And then he does this dance and she says, OK, yeah, now I'm ready. It was a ballet. <laughs> now they have totally sex. Then they have sex. ballet. <laughs> well, it was like partially ballet, partially something else. And then next thing you know, they're, they're essentially having sex in public. It's like it's pretty much I'm thinking to myself. I. I so, yeah, I think that might be illegal, but, you know, I don't think anybody cares. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, one of the things when he was about ready to dance that he, he was he recruited that one, the vice president that was talking to him, the, the pantsuit woman. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's coming through with the swords, clearing up the clearing <laughs> off the floor with the sword. And she's screaming as she's doing it. And you're sitting there looking and going, where did she come from? And how did she get the sword? And. That part thought that thought that was hilarious. That was. She was kind of an awesome character um, to come through. To come through. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It would have been kind of funny if um, she would have been Aubrey Plaza. I'm sure Aubrey Plaza's way too busy to do this movie. Even though she must be friends with the director or something. Well, there is some some big actors in the film, um, probably from the same. Uh, acting agency, maybe, and also um, th- this. Uh, you know, I mean, she's not really as big as most people think. She, she's big, you know. She, I mean, she's known and stuff, but um, and she has a huge cult following. But I mean, she's not true A-lister either, right? I mean, most of the films that I've seen her in have always been indie horror films or indie whatever. So, so I, 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 I can I can see her being in this film with no issues. <laughs> Um, you know, because no one in this film is, you know, Brad Pitt or, or Emily right. Blunt. We're, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, really good um, character actors uh, that have important roles in, in various TV shows and, and have done some films and stuff. So yeah. um, is there anything else that we want to talk about this film? There's, there's got to be other things. Um, Sean. You usually have stuff. You haven't said anything recently. What, what's going on? What, well, what you I'm, I'm cowering because <laughs> I totally missed that part with the the group taking the his stance. So like my whole rant was totally incorrect. So I apologize. Um, the couple of scenes I enjoyed was there's the the one with the thing. It's Nicholas, the guy who was the 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 bouncer guy or whatever at the uh, the um, reunion where he he hooks up with her or there's talk with that other guy and there's that line about him watching, wanting to watch the world burn. And I just thought that was <laughs> just very funny. Just the, and then that's what like connects those two people. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, his whole thing where he takes the ayahuasca by mistake that leads to his whole spiritual enlightenment. Oh yeah, that's right. That whole sequence was just great. And then just that the guy who had brought it is like, Oh, I don't, we know who took the ayahuasca now. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that was the kind of stuff. But I just like the I just like the journey that he you know where he about how he finds that he can be himself, and then yeah. everyone else can accept that as well, and it's not the big thing that he was fearing it was. I think that's kind of like the idea is like you have a fear about revealing yourself, your true self to people because yeah. will they accept you or not, especially if you care about them. And I think that was the the big thing was for him to have that real, realization that he could be himself and that he was accepted and loved by the people that he cared about. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a nice message for people to hopefully take to heart. They had to be reminded though. Yeah. Which is fair. <laughs> I think we all need to be reminded at some point, right? Absolutely. And I thought that the scene with his wife um, being like, yeah, okay. I think I remember when you did such and such and you did such and such. And, you know, like you guys aren't as cool as you think you are. And um, kind of made them all realize like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so She humbled them nicely, right? <laughs> And reminding them that, like, he helped each of them in different ways along yeah. the, the the journey, right? So kind of, you know, whatever the, the issue was that was causing the problem in the moment, like, this guy is a genuine, kind soul. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Because they were about to, I mean, they were about to sleep. I mean, go to, go to bed. I don't know if. Just I don't know if they're going to just go to sleep or do something more, but you know they look like they were ready to cuddle and go to sleep, and then all all of the coven came to the door at once. Yeah, and they patiently helped each and every one, and they were and they showed genuine compassion for all of them, which I thought was really nice too. Just the way showing, oh, yeah. their, showing their inner inner character, showing their depth. Well, it's like when the guy said to to his wife, when Thorne said to his wife, you know, I'd like a family. And she said, but we have one. Yeah. Yeah. And he acknowledged that says, yeah, you're right. We do. But I mean, that's not what he was looking for. But I mean, he, you know, especially when one of, when, when one of them said, oh, yeah, you know, we're expecting, you know, and he was all joyed. And it's like, oh, good. I hope we will be in about a year, too. And that's the wife's like, uh, don't push it. Yeah, yeah. Stop pressuring me. Yeah. But it was it turned out to be really sweet when um when they did like actually have their baby at the end and um you could like just just see how incredibly happy they were. I was a little bit surprised they didn't show the other couple's baby. But um I mean, I guess, you know, I can't be baby greedy. <laughs> got the, got the baby. <laughs> baby greedy. I still like we all have poo inside us or something like that. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that one artist has poo inside her. I will not admit that. I, I will not acknowledge that she has poo inside her. No, we all no. She probably does. No, she doesn't. Oh, well, yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> just, that was really funny. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, like I'm laughing on the floor, laughing, but it was laughing that made me feel good, and that's what yeah. I think I liked most about this movie. Definitely. It was like a very, it was like you said, it take, and also it took you a second too for a lot of the jokes to completely go through your brain. And it was like, wait, 
oh yeah and then you just start laughing and it was um it was a good satisfying laugh like that went through the whole thing on its thoughts anyone what amy just said i guess no one has any comments amy <laughs> i know well i mean she I... even said it <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it Juliette Binoche was the actress that they were talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah. 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 That was her, her quote unquote avatar name, I guess. I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no but, idea who they were talking about. I just, I just, uh, you, was... you, you would, you would know her if you saw a picture of her. Um, Very, she'd been a, yeah. Early, you thought, or late eighties, early to early nineties. Um, 1990s, I think. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's about right. Yep. And She's done some English language films as well as French films, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I I know that she was really popular with the um, theater crowd um, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and it's possible that it became more so as um, you know, like as she as time went by or whatever she got like with more with the Anglo crowd. Right. I think, yeah, I think that, that, uh, fits the the career profile. I think that one thing I thought was kind of funny about the whole thing too, was there was a little bit of a, a time kerfuffle. (laughs) I'm not really exactly sure how to say it, but the ages of the, main characters and um their friends versus the ages of the people who would really be kind of in this situation um i think that i think that they're a little um kerfuffled about because i think that the time that they were going for would be about 20 years earlier than it was i think that but i could be completely wrong i just um, from my perception of people um, really getting into that sort of a lifestyle. What do you guys think? I don't know when they were trying to place it. Um, you mean historically, like it, it would have taken place like 20 years ago? Yeah, I guess um, something like that. Well, that was a little malleable to me as well as their ages. Cause they seemed like they would be like, verging on the 30s yeah like they've been you know doing this stuff screwing around for a little while and they're finally coming to a reunion um maybe like a 10 year it almost felt like yeah so putting it at 20 was like seemed that seemed a little bit out of uh, i don't know that seemed odd was that what it was a 20 year yeah it was a 20 yeah unless i'm wrong Yeah. yeah then they would be like verging on 40 yeah. So, um, I don't, the whole thing was a little confusing <laughs> for me, at least. But it worked out good. I, 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 like you said, I think maybe it was it was a little bit purposeful that it wasn't set, it wasn't like nailed down exactly. Anything else uh, anybody wanted to bring up? I'm trying to think of some more stuff. Um, I mean, it was kind of episodic, and it was a lot of um dialogue type stuff but yeah i mean he had I, I will, to walk about yeah we talked about that a little bit too yeah 
because more happened than we talked about. Like, he got chased by somebody that I guess wasn't real. <laughs> he used the stone to knock them out, and then they disappeared. Yeah, that was strange. It was very strange. And that guy was, like, on him. He was not yeah. going to escape that guy. The <laughs> ranger. The ranger. Oh, yeah. I don't really understand what was going on with that. I was very odd. It, yeah, I completely forgot about that part. But it's also like his hallucinations, if they were, of Merlin. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. like Ray Wise's Merlin was hilarious. <laughs> I know, I totally like didn't recognize him. <laughs> it looked like he was just having fun being crazy in his role. So that was that was good to see. It Did was he a see nice him touch. as the bartender at one point, too? Was it the bartender or the disc jockey? I can't remember. He was the disc jockey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But like the whole sequence where he goes on that walk and then he has the the argument between the pine cone and the rock, which we talked about, which was great. And yeah, just that that other, then you get like the experience of like him going around and everything's going crazy, and then the people are just the normal people are just going on the the, the in the park or whatever. So that was kind of a good juxtaposition of what was going on. And the lady in the car, she was like. Or he was like, oh, I, I signed up for a, a, what, a, was a ride along or whatever. Yeah, right. I didn't ask for anybody else to be in the vehicle <laughs> with me. <laughs> and that conversation is great. <laughs> Just, She's trying to ignore him and he's talking to her in this whole conversation. <laughs> and then after a while, she starts to get into it. And it was pretty funny. <laughs> On his walkabout, he didn't go very far. I have this feeling that that park was, like, right nearby. <laughs> yeah. That was his walkabout was, like, around the block. Two miles, he, yeah. Two miles away, they had a, a park, and he went into it. And But they had to make sure he stayed hydrated. Yeah. Which was, that was the whole problem. <laughs> that's why he got the ayahuasca. And then I, it was kind of hilarious, too, because they kind of made it seem like it was really far away, like it was this like trek to get to um, the uh, reunion. But it was actually just like, you know, a little bit of a little, you know, like a short, a short uh, Jeep drive away because they all piled in their Jeep and went to follow him right after. Once they realized that everyone had poop in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was an interesting conversation <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of that was obviously uh uh part of the the quote-unquote characterization of of or the of, of this you know i don't think people would really have conversations like that so obviously it was part of the uh over the top stuff even if it was making a point i still love them jumping <laughs> over the candle though because that was that was so guy Every guy would do something like that because he couldn't. I can't build the fire. Fine, I'm gonna jump over the candle instead. <laughs> That'll teach you, wife. Yeah, because you even said, you know, well, why don't you just use a candle instead? They're like, okay, fine. <laughs> it seemed like there's lots of moments in the movie where it was like those kind of silly sequences that like just made it that much more endearing yeah. as you're watching it. Is just like. You know, again, just you could 
the movie could be going one way and then you throw one of those sequences in and just like throws you way off track or whatever, but it's like a fun way of doing it. So like I do stupid stuff like that. Cause my <laughs> wife tells me no all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think and I will this... say I enjoyed his, 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 Oh, go ahead. I know. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I like going back. I enjoyed his like interpretive dance. And like how much heart he he put into the dance, so it was nice that like it had a positive result for him to, uh, after that. And I just love that like the crowd was like the actual like his supposed like students that he had went to school with or whatever, just like did not like him and did not want to hear anything that he wanted to say, and were they're jerks. They're not like like into it at all. So I thought that was that was I thought that was funny. So. <laughs> and like like the in the Alexander, I think who was the the vice president who had set up and like like organized everything with her like the almost like with the Oscar speech like move along move along like if she could have played the music to get him off the stage or whatever <laughs> get to the dance. So I thought that was kind of fun too. They deserved the dance after the way they treated him. <laughs> <laughs> dance is punishment. Well, I like that she used the sword to back everyone up, yeah. waving that yeah. thing around. That was hilarious, too. And I like that at the end that she got to be become the head of the, the coven. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. And she kind of was like the new age of it, like the new grace. The new blood. Of what was that? The new blood. Yeah, the new blood. <laughs> Definitely. I'm watching my cat do something very strange. I'm sorry. Is it magic? <laughs> it always is. <laughs> yeah. Mine bit my head earlier today. The full moon's happening tomorrow. That's why all oh. the cats and animals are sensitive. So. Wow. Ah. a lot. That's why it's brand. And the out people. The, well, there's a lot of angry people around today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh... It actually feels nicer to me than than usual, but then again, I'm always opposite. Whatever's supposed to whatever's supposed to be, I always feel the opposite. <laughs> so, what do you enjoy, Mercury retrograde? I know this is way off topic, but <laughs> like, I seriously do. I absolutely love Mercury retrograde. I'm like, oh, cool! It's Mercury Mercury retrograde. I feel like so much more creative and good. I respect you, Amy, and I hate you in the same <laughs> breath. <laughs> Because Mercury retrograde has just a mess. <laughs> Sorry about that. Guys, don't fight. No, I'm just saying I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. Um, astrological stuff. Yeah, that that part I figured out, but oh, Mercury retrograde is usually a time of like confusion and sadness and just crazy stuff happening. Lots of oh. bad stuff and angst, not fun. Yeah, but like getting old into your fifties. <laughs> but like super duper for like a month. Yeah. So as but opposed to being able to do it, the old thing, getting old thing gradually. This is everything put into a month. Yeah. So it feel gradual to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a vampire, I guess. So. <laughs> But for some reason, for me, it's always good. So, 
this was the strange thing that my cat was doing. She was um, deciding to become one with this plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> they do that. They do that. Um, all right. So we're at uh, about an hour and 20 minutes or so uh, discussing this film. Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up? or? No, uh, but I want to thank you, Phil, for bringing this screener to us because I yeah, really enjoyed it. Very good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I go through a bunch of screeners, um, and it's tough to pick them out. Uh, so far, I think we've been pretty lucky. I know Kevin uh, would disagree in a couple of the screeners we picked, but <laughs> but uh, generally me and Barrett, for sure, uh, who've done pretty much all the screeners, um, have, have have been thumbs up on, on, on most of them. Um, if not love them, at least like them. Um, and I figured this one was a little different than the type that we usually do. Uh, films that we usually do, as well as the fact that it, it starred um, uh, our uh, favorite actress of Westworld, Angela Serafin. Yeah, I'm so a fan of Matthew Gray Goobler, so I really like him. I thought he was great in Criminal Minds, so it was cool to see him in a quite a different role. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Like, I'm not a big Criminal Minds person, but uh, yeah, it was like for the few times I watched, like, it was, I was impressed with his performance in this. Especially yeah. for such a like a very very different character, very different. <laughs> hey, I don't think this movie's probably ever been to be really really popular or anything like that. But um, it's nice to know that it's out there. Yeah, it felt I think it'd very... be like a cult or niche movie. Yeah, yeah it I mean... felt like early Kevin Smith to me. Yeah, yeah, you'd said that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can totally see that. So people who would like clerks and the quirkiness of clerks might like this film. Yeah. Hopefully with time, it'll get more of a cult audience kind of thing. Yeah. So we saw the screener, Phil. When does this get released or has it On been the released? Uh, the, the 17th, yeah. So. 17th? Okay. Yeah, so today's the, the February 15th, 2022, and uh, supposedly February 17th. 2022 is it is being when... released to streaming or is it yeah it's a it's it's, it's a stream, film. stream? Yeah. yeah 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 this isn't the type of film that would be put to the theaters unless it's an art house theater and even that uh i don't i wouldn't think so yeah it would be a tough call on that one <laughs> yeah all right so uh we can get into our final thoughts on the film but before we do um, first off, Amy, you sometimes do a podcast that at least they can find the, the older episodes on the Dark Discussions News Network. Well, what is that podcast called? That podcast is called Fishnets and Phantoms, and I actually have a um, episode um, built up um, and pretty close to being ready to go. I, it's going to be my top ten of last year's films. So that should be interesting. It's very different than the um, lists of films that was brought out for Dark Discussions. All right. Very good. That, that'll be interesting to hear uh, your th thoughts on 2021. Uh, and now, uh, let's see. Uh, Sean, uh, there's a podcast that me, you, Kevin, and Barrett are doing. Uh, Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires for Discovery of Witches. And uh, actually, we'll be doing the finale episode for the series on Sunday. Indeed, indeed. And uh, Barrett, uh, what, what's the main podcast for the network? And what's that all about? 
Dark Discussions. It's where it's the mothership of the whole thing, and we discuss mostly horror, but some other genre-related items as well. Like we we uh, discussed boss level last week. Indeed. Um, all right, so that's pretty much that. So I was getting our final thoughts on this film here. Uh, once again, the film is called King Knight, and knight as in um, a chessboard knight or armored knight not the darkness knight so with a k uh and what's so let's go and start with you sean uh i really enjoyed this film very quirky weird fun i would highly recommend it and uh just it was a really uh, enjoyable viewing enjoy the cast enjoy the story enjoy uh the silliness all right let's go for you uh kevin it was quirky, um, definitely a comedy. Poked fun at, poked fun at a in a non mean way at different types of people groups and uh, different types of personalities, and it was it was a fun watch. All right, uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Um, if you like quirky films, this is a good one. Go see or rent it. All right. Uh, let's go with you, Amy. I thought the film was a very interesting film. Um, it takes a second for the humor to click in, but then once it does, uh, it works out very well. So I highly recommend it, and I um, agree with Barrett that you should go out and rent it. All right. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, as long as you can get over uh, some of the, the course language and uh descriptive sexual act languages and poop jokes and stuff like that um you you would probably like this film if you like uh quirky art house type funny comedies um but if you don't like that type of language then it probably isn't for you uh all right so uh before we get into our final wrap up uh, sean what uh what, what's this patreon thing that goes on what, what's that all about uh, so that's basically where uh, we, the, the people who get to listen and enjoy each of these different podcasts, can help contribute to you guys for the effort that you put in. So you can put in uh, $5, uh, we'll get you a pick. And what the pick means is that for every $5 you put in each month, that you can get a movie uh, possibly chosen at each of the quarters of the year. And uh, so it's a cool little feature where if you, there's a movie that you really wanted to get a review done of, uh, you get lucky enough to get picked, you get to listen to it. And it, again, helps uh, you guys who spend a lot of time and money uh, providing this awesome free podcast and all its different sister podcasts. It's, thank you. And uh, so once again, let's go over the stuff here. This movie is called uh, King Knight. Uh, it's directed by and written by Richard Bates Jr. It stars Matthew Gray Gruber, Angela Sarah Fian, among a number of other uh, well-known uh, character actors or uh, faces that people have seen in various films, such as Ray Weiss and Barbara Crampton and Audrey Plaza, among uh, a handful of others. Uh, the film uh, will be available everywhere and anywhere uh, February 17th to 2022. So by the time you hear this, it'll already be released. Um, and it will be um, 
not sure if you can rent it or right away or if it's only a purchase. I would assume it's both because again, it's a, uh, it's a indie film type of thing, and it will be uh, pretty much I would think also available on all platforms. Again, those two items that I just mentioned are conjecture because again, the film uh, has not been presented to live audiences yet only as a screener. Uh, so uh, once again, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com where we will read your email on the podcast or just go to darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us menu choice at the top of any page and you can email us that way as well. And with that stated, Barrett, why don't you leave us out? Thanks again for joining us on Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Join us again next time when we have something completely different. Mm-hmm.